Hey everyone, welcome back to How to College First Gen. I'm your host, Shiv. Thank you for dialing in. We're grateful for the time that you've spent following the journey of this podcast so far. And we wanted to announce that this will be the final episode. As you know, our team is made up of amazing first gens that are volunteering their time. And we are unfortunately at the bandwidth and won't be able to continue supporting the journey of the podcast. But what a journey it's been. It started three years ago. We have over 100 episodes, 124 episodes published across a variety of streaming platforms with over thousands of views. And the fact that we've been able to to work and interact with so many people is inspiring in and of itself. Today, we have several of the hosts to talk about the experiences and their journey with the podcast. We're joined by Sandra. Hi, everybody. This is Sandra, and I'm so glad to be here for the final episode and to share space with the other great hosts, which includes Norma. Hi, everybody. I am excited to be back. As you all know, I have been on this journey for the past three years. So excited to wrap it and put a little bow and hopefully continue to support other first gens. And with us, we also have another OG, Luz Rocha. Hey, Luz. Hey, this is Luz. Thank you so much for joining us for our final episode and tagging along with us on this great journey, listening to all the different stories of various first gens across the country. Let's dive into it. So I thought maybe one way to kick off this kind of reflection that we're doing at the tail end of our journey, because we've all been a part of this, putting our heart and soul into it for a while, is kind of share some of the personal highlights and some of the learnings that we've had. Are there any episodes or speakers that you guys have interviewed that really stands out to you over the last couple of years? Any personal memories that you're taking away from it? I don't know if there's like a specific episode that I would say is the one that I just will always remember that I think just the whole experience was just amazing. Being able to hear from so many different people, being able to see the many different routes people take to get to where they are and like really opened up, I think, the world for me and really let me see firsthand how no matter what decisions you kind of take along the way, they can lead you to all sorts of places. So it was really uplifting to hear so many people's stories and see how much people have grown in their own journeys. For me, since I've only been involved for the last year or so, I feel like I really was hopeful to be able to get the information out and to help other first-gen college students. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to have done that in the time that I've been on the show. Also, it helped me see how, although there are so many similarities between a lot of the experiences between the first-gen students that we've interviewed, both the recent graduates, new graduates, incoming, the parents, every story is unique and different. So we all have a different journey to college by some of the similar stumbling blocks that we encounter. Yes, Sandra, I think that really resonates with my big takeaway, right? I think there are patterns that we have been able to see for the past 100 years or so of people being able to record stories about first gens, but every story is a different type of flavor. And I think that that has been 
what stands throughout this time. The one episode that I remember the most is probably our first one because it was very personal and and it was sort of like our launch and and it was almost four years ago, which is crazy to me. And the only reason why I know that it's that time is because the student that spoke in, in our first episode, the high school student, she was headed off to college and now she'll be graduating, I guess, next May. And so it's it's sort of like the full circle. Like we've been able to see for the past three, four years where she is, which is really rewarding. And, and it's been really cool that we have been there for her journey and maybe for many other people's journeys that we don't know about. How about you, Shiv? Yeah, I love all of these takeaways, honestly. I think maybe a little bit more personally, that bouncing off of what Lou said earlier, the, the biggest takeaway has been that feeling of not being alone. There's so many first-gen problems that we have to experience going through this journey that it may feel like the world is against us or that we don't understand. We don't fully understand all the different parts that are going into the college experience. But talking to people with different experiences, talking to the the different pathways people take, knowing that no matter what, it's going to be okay, that there's people there to support you, that there's a community of people like us trying to make a podcast to share information, that there's mentors and groups and supporters really makes the, uh, the daunting task feel a little bit less daunting. And hopefully not just for us, but for the listeners and for anyone that's ever listened to any single one of our episodes, that feeling resonates over time. A personal episode that I'd like to share, I interviewed one of my co-presidents for the FLI club here at Sloan, and I never actually heard the full story of how he came from a small town in India to getting a full ride to the uh, IIT for aerospace engineering, and then going from that to MIT Sloan. It's like a really cool experience, and his parents didn't go to college. Like He, he grew up in a low-income environment, and then going from that to this is awesome. In the same way, He's now trying to give back as the president of the FLI club. And the fact that there's so many different people from different parts of the world going through the same experiences, enlightening or inspiring. I really like that shift because I feel like I have gotten to know so many people at another level. Like I knew of them, right? And I knew their stories, like Sandra here, for example, right? Like I knew of Sandra, but I didn't really know her story and how much it resonated with other people that had taken time also during their schools and that were doing a billion other things on top of their education. So I totally resonates with that, right? Like I have gotten to know personally a lot of amazing people and their real stories. And and I don't know that we are having those conversations just like over coffee and, and this podcast allowed me to get to know people a bit more. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And it's not just about the college experience either. I think that episode where you and I talked about the sabbatical, it's not school related, but it's very personal. because It's a hard decision for someone to have made. So I think things like that are advice. It's super hard for us to get when we're 18 and trying to figure everything out. So I'm glad that those kinds of conversations are happening. Well, the thing is, we learn from the people who came before us. And if you're the first person in in your family to attend college, the first person in your family to graduate from college, then you're learning by bumping your head up against the wall sometimes by making mistakes. And so having other people to talk, uh, to talk with who you feel have gone through a similar situation. So you don't feel as dumb quite honestly, because there's always that feeling of, okay, who do I ask this question that 
maybe I feel like I should already know. Everybody else seems to know exactly where they're going and, you know, with all the buttons to press and all the doors to open. And how come I'm standing here not being able to figure it out? And how do I ask someone without looking dumb? And having other people to talk to who you know are in your same situation is very helpful. Uh, yeah, I think that's funny you bring that up, Sandra, because I think it's even for people who even weren't the first in their family to go to college, or even people whose parents were did go to college. There's just so much to the whole experience that having these conversations really opens up that discussion and like really opens up talking about all these different avenues and things that you can do and experience as part of that college journey. Yeah, and another thing I've realized maybe over the years and through the podcast is that everybody's first-gen experience looks different. And I think that's the exciting part, right? Like, because we are, at least from my angle, because we are the first, we sort of get to redefine what it means to be the first. A lot of people, for example, would look at my career and say, well, I'm on my 10th year anniversary since I graduated from college, right? And a lot of people would say, well, had you stayed working today, you would be very close to becoming a partner at a law firm, right? And yes, that's one way, right? Like that's one way to do life. And yet another way is what I've done, right? Like I've worked in the private sector, I've worked in the public sector, I've worked in nonprofits. And I sort of got to define what it meant to be a first gen, right? Like I got to say, I'm going to take a sabbatical for six months, right? Like that is because I am the first, it kind of has allowed me, I think, to sort of paint my own narrative and say that's what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. But Sandra, to your point, I at least had to know the information and then I was able to make the choices and sort of pick to create my own basket of fruit, right? And say, this is to me what it means to be the first one. And I think it's so liberating because I'm not as constricted of like, here's what you need to do, right? Like you be a partner for 10 years at a law firm. Say, okay, that's one way. It's just knowing what I know today, that's not my way. And, and so I think being being a, a first gen, it is scary. You're 100% right, right? Like, And yet, if you spin it another way, it's so liberating because the expectations are not there. <laughs> like no expectations, right? So you get to sort of pave your own way. I think, but on the flip side of that coin, Norma, is that as first gens, there's also a lot of responsibility that you feel to like your family, for example, that you have to have this job or something and like be able to provide for them. And so you feel, or some people, I should say, feel a little bit locked in into making sure that they are being those providers. And so they feel maybe a little bit less flexibility in being able to venture out and try all sorts of different things. And I mean, there's so many different factors that go into those kind of decisions, but being able to really see those different stories throughout this podcast has, has been amazing. I had a, f a friend of mine, we were in college together and her mom was a teacher. Her dad was an accountant and generation after generation, she went to Georgia state because her entire family went and when we graduated, she didn't know what she wanted to do with her degree. She got a degree in languages and I'm like, well, what did you expect you were going to do with it? And she's like, oh, it just, it never occurred to me. I had to find a job with this. And I'm like, yeah, as a first generation student, it's very clear to me that I have to go out and support myself with whatever degree I'm going to get. That's not a luxury that was ever afforded to most of the people that I know who are first-gen students. That's it. You were going to college to get you to level up, 
that was, you know, it was the to get you to level up and to bring your siblings up with you and your family up with you and take that next step. Yeah, I really like how this podcast has made me like more aware of that and really have those conversations more openly with people that are not first gen and see like what their experience was and how they viewed the world. Because I was actually just talking to a friend of mine. She had gone to college and was studying something that she liked, but never really thought about that end goal. And so it's just so interesting to, to see those different perspectives along the way. It's, it's really very interesting. And that's one of the things that being on the show has really helped me to see was to actually get so many other flavors of this particular conversation. It's we are all first gen, but our, our stories are so different. They're so the same and they're so different at the same time. I think the narrative is always in the back of our minds of we have to go to college, you know, a lot of the times to be economically better than our families, right? Like we saw the struggle of our parents and we're like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> like whatever that is, it, it was not fun and it sucked and we want to do better. Like you said, Sandra, level up. I think though on the downside and, and I, it really truly does break my heart is a lot of the times, a lot of first gens and we saw it and we heard it on the podcast over and over. They chose their careers because of this sense of responsibility, this sense of like, I must make money to do X. I must make money to make sure my parents, if something happens, health insurance is not there. I am the health insurance, right? Like, I think one thing that we heard over and over was like, our parents don't have their 401ks and we, we are the 401ks, right? Like we are the investment that, that they made. But I think at some point, the sacrificial generation has to end because if, if we, right, because then we're working really hard, then we don't really like what we're doing. And then there goes another generation of basically not liking their lives because of the socioeconomic environment, right? So, so I hope that our first gen see their education and their degree as a door of opportunity of, I might get closer to something I like doing, right? Like, I have more options, more than this is like my ticket out of poverty, right? Because it, it is, but the money will come if you're good at something and if you like what you do, right? At least I believe. And so I hope that there is less of the, I must do Y or X because of the money as opposed to, because that's what I like to do. So I don't know how, at what point we merge those two, because you also don't want your story, right? Like that you're saying somebody who's like not thinking at all about the next step, but you also don't want the other extreme that is like, I only do this because of the money. And I think a lot of our first gens, maybe even myself included, <laughs> we do something because we feel like the chains of, we must always take care of the previous generation. Like at some point it has to end, right? Mija, get a degree in business. It's a, it's a safe job, a degree in business. That was my dad when I was uh, telling him I was going to go into public relations and he had no idea what public relations was and that I needed to get, I needed to get a journalism degree to do that. And he's like, no, Mija, Mija, get a degree in business. That's a nice, safe way of uh, making a living. And eventually I talked him into seeing my point of view and, and being okay with what I was going to do. 
But it was that. It was the whole, he wanted me to pick something that was safe. That it was going to be a nice, secure job. And I'm like, I wanted something that was more uh, in line with my likes and, and my passion and my ability. And I'm one of the lucky people that I get to make a living doing something I enjoy. But yeah, that was very much a conversation we needed to have. Yeah, I feel that completely. I think that's par for the course for, for first gens like us. And speaking of, I remember back when I was I was chemi undergrad, and that was entirely because I wanted a stable job where it wasn't too affected by volatile like market swings. And I didn't like that job at all. <laughs> so two years into it, I quit and took the sabbatical. And that's when I really found uh, what I cared about in life. And even now in B school, the same, the same question is like haunting me, where I'm like, should I go do a startup and go make no money? Or should I go and take a post business school job and make a lot of money? And at what point am I considered like selling? Like, at what point do I have to stop sacrificing for like, you know, this experience for, for, for the background that we have? The biggest thing I've gotten from this wasn't like being able to make this decision faster, but it's being able to have the conversation about it. Cause I used to not think about this problem and I wasn't able to, to, to speak about it so openly. And I think hopefully this this podcast enables people like us to, to have the conversation where they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, that has definitely, I think, helped me personally too. Just seeing somebody else has done so-and-so, then it's possible I can do do it too. Yeah. But I think there's also an element of like being more open about sharing your own story. I don't know. Maybe I was shy, but I never wanted to talk about my first-gen experience because then I'm saying, oh, I have less I like I don't have family support, I don't have money, like therefore like I am less able to complete whatever I need to complete to get this milestone. And I always felt like a handicap. So I always hid that part of who I am. But I wonder like if that had this podcast help you guys vocalize your experience a little bit more? You- oh, absolutely. I I'm an introvert at heart, so I don't really talk to people in general, and so this definitely put me outside of my comfort zone, but in a good way cuz I, you know, forced to talk to new people that otherwise probably never would have and really dig deep into what their story was and see what those similarities were, what those differences were and all for the best. Cause I learned so much from so many other people that I think initially maybe I, di- I didn't expect to learn so much being on that like post-grad side. Cause when we started this, we were like, we want to help you know, high school students, college students, young professionals kind of tackle those t- problems that we've already tackled but I never really thought about like the the struggles that I myself was going through at the moment and so being able to talk to people that had also gone through some of those was really beneficial. So one of the things that being a host on the show made me see was why I made some of the decisions that I made early in my career to play it safer than a lot of my contemporaries. And going back, it's also made me understand why it took me so long to make the leap to start my own business. Because I always knew that was always a plan long-term was to start my own business, but I always, uh, next year, I need to have more money saved up, more ducks in a row, more experience, a bigger network, more blah, blah, blah. There was always a reason why until one time I realized that it just, if I didn't do it, it was never going to happen. But looking back, you know, I was always just trying to play it safe because so many people depended on me, kind of thing. 
I've gone back and I've listened to some of the earlier season episodes. And what I can see is it's very interesting to hear people talk about once you start asking them questions, it's almost like it's um, everyone had this moment of aha. A lot of people uh, when they're being interviewed or they were talking about their own experiences, they're like, Oh wait, that's right. That is why I did X or how I did Y or, or whatever. Like they had these moments of clarity that maybe, uh, it, or maybe I'm just, I'm just hearing stuff uh, myself where they uh, learned a little bit about themselves and how they were doing stuff or how it impacted as they were having the discussion, the conversation with the hosts. I saw that a lot, right? Like where I would ask a question and somebody would say, ah, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe that is why it happened that way. So it, it was, to me, it was really cool to see it live, you know, to, to, to sort of see the wheels turning, if you will, figuratively, right, of, of why people made the decisions that they did. And ultimately, that's what we wanted from this podcast to be, right? We did not want this to be, here's how to fill out FAFSA, because anybody can go and Google, here's how to fill out FAFSA. But the things you cannot Google is the thought process of why people do what they do. And that is what we wanted to get to. And I think a lot of stories gave us that. And a lot of stories gave us a path of how to proceed forward and and also how to positively narrate what it means to be a first gen, right? Because Shiv, I, I think to your point, yes, First gen is associated with scarcity of so many things, scarcity of income, scarcity of knowledge, scarcity of someone that's done it before. And yet, though, right, it's also filled with look at everything we've been able to figure out by ourselves. So I I still remember my first job interview ever was with Deloitte Consulting. And somebody asked me, what was the hardest thing you've ever had to do? And my response was, be a first generation college student, like figure out what this means, figure out like how to apply to college, figure out how to get through college. And then I said, and by the way, because my ability has always been to look for answers, look, ask for help. That is what I will do with your company as well, right? I am going to take the skill sets that allow me to get to where I am today and use them to make you more money, essentially, right? So so to me, I've always been very, very proud of being a first gen and always see it and always marketing it in a way that is an advantage, not just for me, but for the people that I'm working for. I love that use of your first gen identity during the interview. I started doing something similar in my startup pitch decks where like on the team slide underneath my title and background or whatever, I write first gen college student. And then when we talk about it with investors, I'm like, well, we grew up scrappy. And this is the same kind of mindset that a startup founder needs to be. And it's been a pretty compelling case. I think that that experience works in like in all facets of your career. So I love that. I feel like I learned that along the way doing this podcast from hearing from other guests and their stories. Right. Because at the end of the day, why wouldn't you want to hire somebody who has learned to figure it out as they go? Right. Like that is the initiative that, that it takes. That is the... I'm here, I don't know the answers, but I'm going to look for the answers. And I totally understand, Chip, why somebody would be like, yes, I'll invest. Let's go, right? Because you you don't know it, but you're going to figure it out. Exactly. And right back at you over why someone would want to hire. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, obviously, one of the things, the main thing that's made the, the show such a success is 
the willingness of people to come on and be our guests and to have us ask questions of them and be transparent about their journeys or their different experiences. And so let's do a shout out to all the wonderful guests over three seasons worth of episodes. And as again, as someone who's only been on for the last season or so, not many of the guests were mine, but I'm going to tell you that having gone back, every single one deserves an applause. Yeah. And also for just being vulnerable, right? Like there were moments in all of our lives and in many of our guest lives that we really were at rock bottom, right? There were moments where we were like, I don't know if this is going to work out. And that takes a level of vulnerability for you to be able to talk about it and digest it and say, I, I made a decision that maybe was not the best for me or my family. So, so thank you all for, for being open with us and for allowing us to share your stories, because at the end of the day, that is the only reason why this worked because people were willing to talk and share. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for all those lessons learned and, and all those tips provided to, you know, the next generation of first generation college students. Yes, and of course, we would be remiss if we did not thank our board. So we started just with a group of friends <laughs> over COVID and it turned into a 501c3 and we had to have a board and, and people were willing to come on and advise us and guide us every step of the way. We would not be here without them. Also, most of them are first gen. We've also gone through a lengthy roster of co-hosts. This was never a paid engagement. So thank you for your time, for your commitment. I think it speaks volumes of the mission of just wanting to share information and, and more than anything, wanting to ensure that the path was a bit easier for those coming after us. I think that's what it came down to. Had we known X, had we known Y, our lives would have been better or maybe we would have made different decisions. So I think at the core, everybody bought into that vision. So thank you. Thank you. And big, big thank you to all of the interns that we hosted along the way. I think they were along the ride with us, learning with us. I know when we first started, none of us knew how to do any sort of editing. So it was a learning process all across the board. And I don't think we would have been able to turn out so many episodes because uh, we were doing these weekly initially uh, without the help of, of so many interns. Completely agree. Big thanks to the guests, the interns, the board, everyone that's helped us. Uh, and even though the podcast is uh, is closing here, the information will still be available. And we wanted to make clear that the Spotify or Apple podcast or however you're tuning into this, links will still be live. The resources will still be up on the website. And this can continue to help others for the months to come. So as we wrap up, let's go around and uh, share a personal farewell message, something that reflects the, the experience that we've gained from the podcast and any hopes or messages that you want to send to our listeners. So I'm grateful for having had the opportunity to participate in the podcast and get to meet all the other hosts and to work with the interns and put out information that I hope has been helpful to others. And to learn from the experience myself, I am very, very happy that the podcast itself is going to be up in 
perpetuity until Spotify decides otherwise, and that it'll continue to be available for people to listen to later, because so many of the episodes are going to be relevant in our evergreen information for quite a while. Personally, I'm been doing volunteer work with nonprofit where we're working with high school girls to help them on their college preparation experience. So I'm going to be continuing to help with get girls prepared for college from that perspective. So I think that it's been my involvement with this podcast that helped me go out and do that. Awesome, Sandra. The main thing I guess I'd want to, I want to part with is that, Throughout this podcast, I think I've learned to appreciate my FLI or first gen identity more than I ever have before. And knowing that being able to rely on friends and a community like this has given me the uh, the ability to, to reach where I am today. And for all of our listeners, find those people that are like-minded, find those people that you can rely on and support you as you go through the struggle. and. I think that you'll succeed no matter what you put your mind to, similar to how Norma said earlier. I mean, yes, at the end of the day, I am just extremely thankful that the vision became a reality, that we learned so much about the process from beginning to end, what it even meant to have a podcast ready to go. More than anything, I think we just, we wanted to display and, and showcase the wide variety of what it is to be a first gen in this country. And whether you are a first gen because no one in your family has gone to college or whether you're a first gen in the United States, the experience is very similar and yet very different as we've discussed earlier today. But at the end of the day, I think that the message is loud and clear, which is you are not alone, right? And and hopefully the number of first gen will diminish over time, right? Because it means that more of us are going and there's less of us to go. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know if that is the case because as we've learned, first gen and socioeconomic is oftentimes very tied. But the, the message is, I think deep inside, you have to know why you want this and what it is, the, what's the outcome that you want out of this and that you're not alone. And, and know that the outcome might change, right? You might begin like we discussed, because you don't want to live a certain type of style. But as your years progress, you might change to having an outcome of more of a healthier, more balanced life or that you're excited to get up in the mornings. But whatever it is, just know that there is a way and there's a community of many, many other first gens that are there to support and to help if only you are willing to speak out and and identify as a first-gen college student, you will be surprised at the amount of help that there is out there for you. So you're not alone and you got to keep it up. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, we started this podcast to help other first-gens going through those same struggles that we had gone through. And it's been amazing to get to know so many people and learn so much from the experience Often just like the skills of putting together a podcast and setting up a nonprofit and everything, but also in taking more pride in that first gen identity and what it means and what all we can achieve being first gens. And so it's it's been a great journey. I've loved being part of it. And thank you so much to all of our listeners and 
it's been amazing to see how the podcast has grown and see where we have listeners all across the U.S. and every state and seeing some of that impact from from other people and learning that some of our listeners are taking some of the, the you know the lessons learned that we discuss seriously and, and applying it to to their own journeys. Well said, Lewis. The mission here at How to College First Gen is to democratize education, and hopefully we've been able to play our part in that journey. Stay connected. The Spotify and Apple podcast will be up indefinitely, like Sandra mentioned. Hope We hope this can continue to help you. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you all. Yes, thank you, everyone.